say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the great Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. What up, people? Welcome in on this Tuesday, a National Championship Celebration Tuesday. Not often you get to have one of those, regardless of where you are or whatever the sport may be. Depending on your accounting of these things, and there's many, many ways to count them, depending on uh, how long you've been alive or who you recognize as the uh, source of handing out titles, but since the NCAA went to the three-division system in the early 70s, last night was Syracuse's 15th NCAA championship across at all sports, 11 for the lacrosse team. If you're a 10 person, you can turn off the show right now. We don't have time for that. They've got 11. One for basketball, one for cross country, one for field hockey, and soccer last night. What a game. What a roller coaster affair. We're going to talk a lot about that today. In an hour from now, we'll be joined by Devin Kerr. For those of you that were watching the game last night and say, who the heck is Devin Kerr? He was the color analyst for the game last night on ESPNU. We'll be joined by him. Hopefully uh, later in the week, we're, we're working it out. They got a lot going on. They got back last night about 2 in the morning, the, the soccer team. Um, uh, throughout the rest of the week, uh, we plan on having uh, players, uh, coaches, uh, whatnot, uh, amongst all of our shows. Ian McIntyre will be on the block tomorrow with X at 4.30. Uh, hope to be joined by some of the players as the week goes on uh, here at Orange Nation and elsewhere. So looking forward to that. I've got my soccer scarf today. Soccer is a very scarf sport. I don't know why that's a thing. And not for warmth. It's like uh, scarves with a message. This is the, the dare to dream Soccer scarf I've had buried in the closet for a while. Seemed to it's not the best uh, scarf to use as a scarch scarf. It's a little scratchy. Um, so uh, as far as the warmth, uh, more acrylic than you'd like. But as far as getting the message across, it is exactly the type of thing uh, that we like going on. So just great fun last night. I I'm told they there was a basketball game last night. Uh, did that happen? Was there hoops dome? Forwards, rebounds, no. Did that happen? Uh, so what we're going to do today, like if you want to talk basketball, I'm, I'm more willing and ready and able to talk basketball, but uh, here's what we're going to need to do. Uh, you're going to need to call me at 315-437-7644. That is 4ESPN44. If you want to talk basketball, you call me, and you can tell me what happened in the game because I haven't uh, the foggiest. I'm told they played a first half. And obviously the soccer game ended uh, during halftime was when the penalty shootout hit. And, you know, I'm also told they played a second half. I'm certain I was watching it, but it uh, didn't really sink in so much uh, last night given uh, the merriments and uh, whatnot going on uh, with soccer. So uh, here's the plan today. Well, at 2.30 today, we'll talk to David Hale of ESPN, a Syracuse grad school grad. Maybe he's excited about the soccer championship. If I know anything at all about David Hale, he would have thought the Orange would have won in regulation, if only Riley Dixon had been somehow involved. But uh, lots to talk about uh, with David today. Uh, the coordinators have all changed at Syracuse since the last time uh, we've chatted. The transfer portal is open. The Arch got a defensive lineman from Alabama today. That that can't be bad, right? 
He only played five games ever at Alabama in four years. So that can't be bad, right? It's a defensive lineman from Alabama. He definitely has a name. But the portal is open. We'll talk to David Hale. And uh, the sad news, we mentioned uh, the likely, unfortunate likelihood of it on the program yesterday, but uh, Mike Leach passing away uh, last night, the most recently head coach in Mississippi State, just uh, the legendary quote machine. Intrigued to see if uh, David had any interactions or stories or, or whatnot from uh, crossing the path of uh, Mike Leach over the years. Because it feels like if you are in the college football world at all, either you've had a moment yourself or you know somebody that's had one uh, with with Mike Leach. So we'll talk to David at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Devin Kerr, who was the uh, color analyst on the ESPNU broadcast last night, uh, we'll, we'll see if like the endorphins have worn off. Because, my goodness, that, that game had... That game had a lot of stuff. It was just filled with stuff. And then at 3.30, we'll talk bills with our friend Heather Prusak from News 4 Buffalo, the CBS affiliate out there. So ACC football and otherwise at 2.30, college soccer at 3, bills 3.30. And if you want to talk Syracuse basketball, we're always open to that at 315-437-7644 for ESPN Forty-four. Uh, but where where are we going to start? Uh, where are we going to start today? Where are you going to start? But with this, Anthony Sinclair, the senior from Costa Rica, to do what was unthinkable months ago. And the U.S. are national champions for the first time in program history. Forgotten about. Left behind, 12 transfers from all over the country have come together to etch their names in history and never be forgotten again. And uh, we shan't forget them. I don't know if we'd forgotten them before. Uh, but uh, we shan't be forgetting Syracuse and their soccer championship. And, you know, we've been talking a, a, a lot more soccer than we have talked previously this month or that we'll talk again for a long, long time. World Cup's going on right now. Argentina, Croatia. Semi-final. Messi. There's an Argentinian tumbling about right now. But, you know, there's not a lot of call to talk soccer on uh, this show or any show in Syracuse. And uh, for good reason. But the World Cup's going on. Syracuse just won the national championship. So I'll talk soccer we shall here for a bit. And soccer has a lot of uh, peculiarities, good, bad, or otherwise, that feel unique to its sport. They do a lot of stuff that feels just Locked into soccer that does not go to other sports. Some are cool and some are like, okay, dude, you fell over, stand up. Let's let's stand up and keep playing with the soccer. But, you know, I always thought, I don't really, really ever heard about it as a World Cup thing, but I, I guess they do it in college soccer as well. They were talking about it ad nauseum last night on ESPNU with regards to Indiana. Indiana has, they're the all-time winningest program in college soccer history, and that did not change uh, last night, but in the World Cup, and Brazil has the most of these in the World Cup, if you win the World Cup, you get a star that you you put on your crest or whatever on your jersey. So Brazil has five stars. They've won five World Cups. They will not win six this year anyway. And they do the same thing in college soccer. Indiana, uh, on the back of their on the back of their kits, like in the top middle of their shirt, they had a little Indiana logo or whatever it was, and there was kind of a semicircle of eight stars above it because they've won eight national titles. 
Well, now you better bet your bottom dollar next year on whatever the orange you're going to wear. And uh, those orange jerseys, those home kits, the blue and orange striped things they've been wearing for a few years now, uh, those are nice. But they're going to need a, a slight redesign because the orange are going to get to toss a star up there now. Because this national title, it's going to be on their jerseys for the rest of time. Like, other sports don't really do a thing like that. Maybe they should. Like, things like that, that's kind of neat. Yeah. What's that on your jersey? Oh, because you guys have won one and we have not. Here's your reminder. Every time you're running after me down the field, my school has won a title. Yours stinks. Wear it. Literally. So the Orange will be getting a star on the jersey uh, going forward. So uh, that's kind of neat. I will say this. So, you know, we're watching along last night's game, and I'm sure a lot of you do. Were, you were at the Dome last night and maybe wandered to the backcourt. When it's going to overtime whatnot, and whatnot, that, that game's going on. The Orange have the 2-1 lead. And you could tell in about the 15 minutes leading up to the game-tying goals, like, there's no way that Indiana's not going to score. So many things. They had the shot from 30 yards out that Russell Shearley had to sprint back and get a fingertip on. Then they finally do get one. There was the shot that hit the underside of the crossbar. I don't know how it didn't go in the net for Indiana. That would have been a potential game winner. Then you get to overtime. It's not golden goal, but really any little play can win you the game when you get that far. And then you get to the penalty kicks. I know some people hate the penalty kicks or love the penalty kicks. I'll say this. I've watched a lot of sports. I've been in a lot of sports. I've caught a lot of sports. Is there anything more stressful than that? Every little movement could decide the rest of your soccer future. Like I, I go back, and it's in the open. The call of it's in the open. The 2009 lacrosse national championship game. Like that game, or at least the last five minutes and then overtime of that game, the Orange had zero business winning that game other than they had the history with them, like Indiana did last night. The Orange should not have won that title, but somehow scored the most improbable goal I've ever seen to tie the game with Abbott to Nims, and then they won it in overtime. Like, that's a pretty stressful situation. Sudden death overtime and all that. And still last night, those penalty kicks. And then it goes extra penalty kicks. There's 16 total of them taken, eight between the teams. That's as nerve-wracking a sporting event, like the whole thing. Just that in itself that you could ever come up with. Like, whoever came up with penalty kicks is a diabolical genius. Because, my goodness, like, just sitting on the couch last night at Elevate Your Heart Rate. I wasn't doing anything. I'm just sitting there. I can't imagine what's going through these guys' minds. And we'll hear from Ian McIntyre, the now national champion winning head coach, uh, coming up in a little bit, how he said after the game, but the way he selected his uh, PK takers and the whole thing. But Anthony Sinclair ended up stepping up with the eventual game-winning one. There was a noise that happened on the previous Syracuse penalty kick that you would have assumed the game was over and they had lost. Levante Johnson, their first-team All-American, he's been their leading scorer all year. They're into extra PKs. He's seventh in the rotation of five. Indiana has made six goals. They aren't five at this point. He struck it straight down the middle, and it smacked into the crossbar and made a loud, loud clanging noise. That is generally a loud clanging noise that says you lose and somehow it went over the line. 
Indiana celebrated like they won the game. I don't blame them. It made a the noise it made was the sound of Indiana winning. And somehow it was not. Just wild, wild stuff to watch last night. You gotta shout out everybody on that team. Russell Shealy, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, the, the starting goalie, second team all ACC, makes two saves in the PKs. The first one was outstanding. The Indiana goalie actually literally the next shot had an even better save. And then the second one he made, not a difficult save, save for the circumstances under which it was made, set up Anthony Sinclair's game-winning PK. And a name I haven't really heard mentioned at all, maybe because it's potentially difficult to pronounce, but Olu Ogunli, number 22, if you, you don't know which one he was, I, I don't recall his name being said uh, last night during the broadcast. He, he anchors the orange defense in the middle. The amount of times that he had to sprint a very, very long distance over the course of the last 40, 45 minutes of the game, including overtime, to prevent what would have been an easy opportunity for Indiana that would have essentially won the game. I, I lost count. That dude just kept showing up in the right spot at the right time to save the Orange's bacon. And, of course, the goal scorers, Nathan Apuku, who had the goal and the assist, you could tell he was dog-tired late. He was running all over. He was dead tired. And Kirk Califf had a goal in the first half. But you look back at the history of this soccer program. This is the 13th year for Ian McIntyre. And uh, I say we, we need to shout out the coach that preceded him for 19 years, Dean Fody, who had he had his full complement of scholarships over that time and it was ramped back up later in his career, perhaps he would have had a chance to do something similar. But what, what work the Orange have done? Like they don't necessarily have any business of having a good soccer team here. Like why why would you? Why would you get these stud soccer players? A lot of them, and I realize Indiana is the best program ever and they play in Indiana, like the weather's not great there either. But why why would you here in Syracuse have a stud soccer program when there's so many of these people, you know, southeast or wherever that they're playing literally year round? or out on the West Coast. But full credit to Ian McIntyre and his staff, Yuka Maslin, his lead assistant. I mean, literally, every year he goes to Europe and basically traipses across the continent and comes back with half a soccer team. The, the amount of turnover, and it's not a negative thing, it's turnover off because these guys go pro. The amount of turnover on this roster year to year, we talk about attrition in basketball and football and all that. The amount of turnover on the soccer roster year to year is unbelievable. And not for negative reasons. It's just what it is. And there's players from 8 million countries. That's basically, all right, let's just go across Europe and get one from France and maybe an Italian and how about a couple of Germans and loop back around through the Netherlands and maybe a quick stop in England and head on home. And it fills half the roster every year. But just a phenomenal job uh, done by... Ian McIntyre, and again, a shout-out to Dean Fody, who was there as the head coach for 19 years prior to that, and really, you know, set the table as Syracuse being a respectable soccer institution in the Northeast. And Dean, still in town, is still heavily involved in the games. And uh, if you watched any of the broadcasts this year on ACC Network or ESPN Plus in the, the playoffs, he was the one doing a color analysis for that. So uh, just a, a lot going on with Syracuse soccer yesterday, and again, uh, just absolute congratulations to that group for pulling off something that 
had never been done here before. Orange had never been in the national title game in soccer before, and now they are champions. And there's some elite lists out there. There's only five schools that have won football, basketball, and soccer national championships. And add in what the Orange are best at, and they have the most at. And it's fun to make selective lists that include you. But uh, there are two schools in the country that have national championships at football, men's basketball, men's soccer, and men's lacrosse. And the only two are Syracuse and Maryland. Pretty good to be on exclusive lists. And that's what the Orange have uh, entered into with that win last night. So congratulations to the soccer team. We'll hit a break now. We'll hear some from Ian McIntyre when we come back. If you do want to talk basketball, the Orange, uh, you know, gross game. Rebounding? Jim Beheim would prefer it. If you want to talk hoops, uh, give me a call. Tell me what happened in the game. 315-437-7644. David Hale, ESPN 230. Devin Kerr, ESPN Youth Soccer Analyst at 3. Heather Prusak, CBS 4 and Buffalo on the Bills at 3.30 is our game plan today. We'll hear some from the national champion head coach Ian McIntyre when we come back after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. We got 12 days to Christmas. This is appropriate now, right? I feel so. Christmas bump music. Live it, love it. Back of the program, David Hale joining us in uh, just a few minutes. But uh, spending the beginning of the show today talking Syracuse national champs in soccer, winning uh, the uh, 48-team tournament, five wins, all by a goal, two of them in overtime. One of them, the most important one, going to PKs in the national title game. Wild stuff. Wild stuff last night. Heart pounding. But uh, let's get a little bit of Ian McIntyre from after the game. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the random wheel. All right. So uh, Ian was on the uh, the post game interview right after the game. I mean, he it was weird. Like there was no emotion on his face. Like he was stunned. I, I feel by what had just occurred. Uh, clearly, had not sunk in, but was asked. Uh, by the ESPN crew of uh, Dallin Cuff and uh, our guest coming up in about 45 minutes, Devin Kerr. You know, what was it realistic to think that this team could win the title this year? Uh, no, because we've got too many English guys involved in our coaching staff. <laughs> so we never win a penalty shootout. Um, that's why we uh, recruit Germans, I guess. Um, uh, no, the answer is that's no. I can, I can. Uh, it, it's a terrific group, and we kept growing and evolving and getting better and better. Um, but no, we uh, look. I talked to you guys. We were trying to get a home uh, home game in the ACC tournament, uh, and here we are um, uh, playing on the last night. And uh, how about that for college soccer and exciting? We had a lot of tired legs tonight, and uh, uh, credit to you know Indiana. Um, they were terrific, and uh, we were hanging on for for large parts. But uh, to find a way in the end, guys, and uh, 
uh, to be national champions is uh, is very special. I, I don't think it's quite hit us or me. <laughs> the guy or the rest of the people on the field probably, but maybe not me. Uh, yeah, it clearly had not hit Mac. I, I don't think yet. And uh, the best part about Mac, you know, we've had him on before. You've all heard him talk over over the years. He's like the nicest guy you ever want to meet, but he, he's never going to miss a chance to get the British sense of humor. In there, uh, for those that did not uh, get that, the the English are notorious at losing in the World Cup on uh, penalty shootouts, and often do so uh, to the Germans. Like over and over and over again, they lose in like the biggest match in centuries to all of Great Britain, and they do so to the Germans. So they got some Germans. Jonah Leibold, he was outstanding last night. He was all over the map. Uh, didn't take a PK. And uh, here is why, guys, like you say, why Why did the guy that was involved in both goals, Nathan Apoku, not take a PK? How How do you decide who is going to be on the field in literally the most pressure-packed situation that the entire sport of soccer at the college level has to offer? I asked the guys, like I, I'm a big believer when you get to a shootout, you need to ask the guys about, do they want one? Uh, I don't want to force anyone. Look, we rode a Poku Nate tonight, right? Uh, so Nate the whole time, uh, and he had tired legs, and, and I trust that guy. Same for jo- Jonah. Jonah was scheduled to, to take one, and, and it, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot of courage, guys, to say, no, I don't want a penalty. It's easy to kind of just get bullied into it. Um, and then the guys, how about Anthony Sinclair stepping up? But yeah, Levante's number seven because he, he took an absolute horrendous penalty during the season against Bucknell when he was going for his hat-trick. <laughs> so uh, the guys uh, were, were, were probably worried when he walked, but how about that confidence? And mm-hmm. Anthony Sinclair, uh, uh, how about this guy? Captain and uh, leader, spiritually on the field, covers every blade of grass. And for him to step up and to uh, score the winning penalty, uh, I I think it was written. Uh, I found that just interesting, Uh, especially the idea of, man, here's your best player tonight in many ways at Opoku. You're not going to have a goal without him. He was involved in both, scored one and assisted others. So why isn't he taking a penalty? Well, he's dog-tired. And how about that idea? Ian McIntyre, like, literally, and this is the trust that he and his team have both ways. That, I mean, normally you say, hey, are you ready to do this? What's the end? Yes, coach. Well, no, you got an honest answer. Man, I am tired. Like, <laughs> I, I might miss because I am tired. And they set it up around that, and boy, did it ever uh, work out last night in the best way that it possibly could have uh, for the Orange men's soccer team again. Uh, Mac will be on live with the uh, Axe tomorrow afternoon at 4.30 is the current uh, plan, and uh, we hope to have some uh, players on, if not uh, tomorrow, then uh, later in the week on the show to celebrate the Orange uh, national title first ever in soccer here in Syracuse. With that, we'll hit a break. Turn the page to ACC football. Syracuse replacing coordinators. The portal is open. Players moving. David Hale, ESPN ACC reporter, joins us when we come back on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY. It's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. 12 days till Christmas. We have fired up the Christmas rejoin songs. What's up, Elvis? But we roll along throughout the hour. An hour, I do tell you, that is brought to you by ICM Controls. ICM Controls is an American electronics manufacturing company. Where is it? Here. Where's here, Syracuse? They've got the $10,000 ICM Controls Impact Scholarship. In fact, they got two of them, going to not one but two local high school seniors, class of 2023. Why don't you enter at icmcontrols.com slash scholarship. The deadline, December 
30th. Only 17 applying days left for the scholarship. So go do that. Was there a basketball game last night? Man, it is rare to say that around here. And, you know, it was kind of, it turned into, they, they did not play well, especially the forwards. It was a big, it was kind of, considering the soccer was going on, it was just a nothing burger of a game. And, uh, yeah, the, the Orange won. Jesse Edwards, uh, he was good. Judah Mintz was outstanding. Uh, Joe made some shots. The forwards, um, they need to rebound the ball. Chris Bell, and this is interesting. We talked about it yesterday on the show. I said, okay, Jim Bayham has his rotation. And the one thing he doesn't have this year that he's often had, like a lot of years they play three forwards because, you know, the backup forward can back up at either spot or one of the, or if when the backup comes in, the other starter is comfortable at either spot. This year it felt like we were locked in small forwards and power forwards. Well, last night, Jim was so fed up with the lack of rebounding at the small forward spot, Chris Bell, zero rebounds, 12 minutes that he played a decent amount of Benny Williams at the three. And Bam has said, it's like, he's not a three, but we may have to play him there some. He added the butt last night because Malik Brown came in and got seven boards, 11 points in 24 minutes. So uh, things done changed yet again last night. And we, we did not think the Monmouth game was going to be a game like that. We thought they'd all play because it'll be a blowout. You know, you get everybody in. Ho No, sir. So once again, we recalibrate. This has been a season of constant recalibration with the Orange men's basketball team. You just never know what you're going to get. Cornell, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Dome, pregame, 2 o'clock with Axe here. Postgame, me and Devo after Burdick Lexus, Burdick BMW postgame show. Looking forward to all of that. We'll hit a break. When we come back, hour two, we'll talk to Devin Kerr, ESPN soccer analyst. Was on the call with Dallin Cuff last night on ESPNU. Get his perspective on that wild, wild, wild national championship win for the Orange. Do that at the top of the hour when we come back on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.